0: are back you're listening to you would think the philadelphia flyers podcast i'm your host kyle collington and joining me today you guys already know it's it's a big flyers day so of course we had the one and only mr kevin durso how are you buddy
1: I'm good. Um you would have me on even if it wasn't a big flyer. Yeah, day, you're right. We're thing. we're just like, the
0: co-hosts yeah. at this point. It's it's yeah. not even I mean, I was
1: gonna say I'm on every week whether or not or week every other week, however we decide to do it, whether it's a big flyers week or not.
0: Sure, but this week we do get to put your 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 insider use. Your insider <laughs> status to use, right? Normally we kinda get some general well, fan talk about the NHL, but this week we got some flyer specific <laughs> stuff that we might be able to dig but a little more deeper than, on
1: more than we thought for sure i mean now, now granted I, I love how you're saying that and i'm watching tweets of some of my colleagues at development camp today okay i, I am not there um and look there, there's a couple reasons for one
0: first is you're dedicated to the show
1: sure <laughs> <laughs> no actually in part one, one of the reasons is, is that typically i can only go to those types of things on weekends anyway so it's not really worth all the trouble for one day's worth of stuff when i like. Let's this way. if I get emails and I very well might about um, media availability with players, which is still being done virtually anyway, then I'm not going to feel like I'm missing out too much on one day's worth of ice time that I'm not going to get to see. You know, like right. I, do, I really to be honest, it, it's not I've gone to development camps in the past and it's very it, it just becomes it, it's speculation on oh this guy is going to be fantastic and literally it's just skill work like right i, I understand the idea of watching it in person i because there's no fans there um it's not open to the public unfortunately it was they they tried right. and unfortunately just the landscape of things is not good enough to allow for it but bottom line being kevin people what we're burying the lead now nah, we'll get to it <laughs> I, I swear, I'm just, I was, you, you said insider status and explained why I'm not in development camp. No, I don't. No, and, and it's like, but people go, and it's nice to watch just any action on the ice period, but it's like, this isn't what you're waiting, like, everybody's waiting for training camp. This See, now I'm getting to the lead. because okay. You're waiting for training camp. You want to see the guys we're going to talk about today, and I, I, okay, and granted, there's guys who are in development camp. Who you want to see in training camp, too, because Wade, Wade Allison's part of it. Cam York's part of it. Morgan Frost is part of it. You want to see these guys. But what they're going to be doing, like, let's go this way. How do you think Wade Allison is going to look going up against the guys who are just drafted as 18-year-olds? He's he should look, look pretty look, good at this point. Right. He's going to look outstanding. yeah. And that means nothing until you put him out there against, you know, say, say out there against this guy.
0: Yeah, let's let's jump straight in on this. Cam York's going to look great in development camp, and that's fine, and we can talk about that if we have some time. <laughs> but the big story here today, in case you somehow have not heard, Sean Couturier is going to be a flyer for a very long time. Uh, he has one year remaining on his current deal, but he is now eligible to sign an extension and has done so, signing an eight-year deal with an average annual value of $7.75 million. Sean Couturier is going to be a flyer for a very long time. and is very likely the next captain
1: probably um i don't love jumping to that conclusion per se and 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 i'll say why listen he by all accounts he should probably be the next guy in line no question about it I just don't want to speculate on who's going to be here and who's not yet.
0: Right. It's kind of a Zdeno-Chara-Patrice Bergeron situation. They were both just kind of there forever, and Patrice Bergeron kind of had the A forever. And when he event- when Chara right. eventually left, Kutur- uh, Bergeron took it over, and it really wasn't that big of a deal. And I think the Flyers are kind of picturing a similar situation with Giroux and Couturier.
1: Right. I, the bigger deal was Chara left not only on his own terms to, per se, but... Left and went on to play somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: Like the question that you're going to be asking yourself is whenever it becomes time for Claude Giroux, is it going to be he's somewhere else or is it the end of the career? That's what the question is. And then somebody will have to take over the role once that happens. And this certainly seems to be the most likely person to do that. That's that's fair for sure. And, And for sure. Look, if he let's let's make something clear about the eight year extension. The eight year extension is beyond next season. He's still under contract next season at the it's in like the four point five million dollar range or something like that. Right. right? So he's still under contract in the first place and then has eight more years. So he's got nine years left in Philadelphia for now. Could be more later for all we know. I mean, it's funny. He's he actually made the joke a bit about it where he's always signed extensions. He's never really been a free agent because he's always got he's always gotten to that point and goes, okay, I'll sign the next contract. Sean
0: Couturier has made a decision very clearly that he likes being a Philadelphia Flyer and has no desire to test the free agent market. He made that clear. Like he just signed an eight yeah. year extension to take him to 38 years old. Or th- I'm, just I'm, shy of 38 years old, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not laughing, and, and I'm laughing not because, like, you're not wrong. It's, I'm laughing because of the fact that that sounds crazy in today's world. I know. Who says I don't want to test the free agent market at all? <laughs> you know nobody because that's what it is like you want to sit and go that's not really what it was but that is what it alexander is alexander ovechkin
0: could've. technically tested the free agent market i don't know how many offers he took but he didn't sign until after free agency began theoretically that, teams could have called him
1: all right that's fair i'll give you that i i, I mean here's here's the thing well let's this way theoretically an expansion team could have taken him if
0: they really They're wanted like crazy. to he would have I just mean, signed back in Washington, but, man, it would have been a crazy well, right. two he weeks in, he where, he's in, agent, oh, where he's in Seattle.
1: Or his rights
0: Oof. are anyway.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Um, so.
0: I think Ovi would show up just to just to humor everybody. He'd go hang out in Seattle for two weeks. That'd be pretty funny. Um no, so, like, here's the thing with this extension, though. Like, at some point in time
1: during it, I don't... Look, does Claude Drew have eight more years left beyond next season? Probably not. Not when you're 34. Not you know? at a high level, that's for sure. Well, not even that. I think that the, eventually the shelf life runs out, and I think players know. And Drew came into the league young, too. Drew yeah, came Yeah, and he's, he's had some
0: fairly significant injuries in his career. Nothing crazy, but he's had some decent... He's missing Drew's
1: had... Uh, what,
0: Giroux has? Yeah. Or... or, or
1: no, uh, Drew. Drew. Now, Drew really hasn't missed time, but he's had injuries that affect the off season. That's what that's the way. It is. That's fair because he does not miss games most of the time. <laughs> that's it's, true. It, but he does. He's had not recently, ironically enough, but like some of those prime years, maybe you know, maybe the middle of the Wayne Sim Wayne Simmons era, kind of if you will, and those years, he he would have offseason surgeries. He would have the you know the core muscle surgery type stuff and things like that. And that does what that does weigh on you after a certain amount of time and after a number of years. Sure. And even just
0: not getting a full off season of actual rest and prep and, you know, doing all the things you need to be doing, like rehabbing from surgery takes out of that. Sure. Exactly. And, you know,
1: Whatever the age is that he hits that, that he decides it's all over with, and, and that's certainly up to him. He could decide to play until he's 40. Maybe he keeps hit, hanging around to
0: keep chasing. And you give him the contract oh, as long as he's willing to sign it. Well,
1: and look, they're, they're, we're kind of, again, burying it a little bit because we're talking about Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier. But they, but they, but they do go hand in hand. They absolutely do. A lot of people saw what was going on with Couturier and basically were right there on the spot going, okay, great, you did that one, now announce Giroux. Right, <laughs> right. And and Chuck Fletcher got asked about it, and Chuck Fletcher basically said they've tabled this one for now, and that's both sides agreeing to that. And I think There's that makes, no, a I think makes a lot of
0: sense given the player. Makes
1: a lot of sense. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. that makes a lot of sense about that from Jer- for certainly from Drew's standpoint. Uh, we, I know you didn't like me talking about it the last time we had a show, but I'll say it again anyway because I'm trust just being a realist. If and I don't see it. I don't see this happening anyway. By now, you've really. <laughs> because let's just say there's another signing we're going to talk about later in the show that solidifies your bottom six even more that says you're not taking chances on young players realistically. Correct. And if that is the case, then you are certainly at the very least saying you expect to be in the playoffs next year. And if that's the case, then nothing's going to happen like this. But if it were, if you're not in the playoff picture by a long shot, come the trade deadline, you have to ask Claude Drew that question. You have Damn to Damn
0: it. You're right. I know you're right.
1: But I don't think they will be. Like, I don't think they will be. I think they're gonna at least be contending. And yeah, Drew's gonna We sit, had and, the and, same
0: and, conversation last year though. Uh, so Drew, I don't even right. know what to believe anymore. No,
1: and Drew's gonna sit there and tell you that he's willing to ride it out and things like that. But I think I think what ends up happening is is that like listen, if you don't make the playoffs with the way that this offseason has gone, then I don't know. I think Claude Drew has to think about it at least a little bit. Think about the possibility of is this the best place to do the one thing that he has not done yet?
0: Yeah. Essentially,
1: like you have to ask it. But if you make the playoffs and can start to continue to get on a run, I don't know that they're going to, and I said this on 97.3 earlier this week, I don't know that if they have a solid enough year that they're just going to run it back completely. Yeah. But you can run back a lot of this with the one year deals even that you have. You can run back a lot of this the following year if it starts to go the right direction. And you go, okay, the mix is pretty good. I like this guy, like, like Erasmus Bristoline, for example. Let's say things work out the right way with him. He performs well enough. You're doing well. The mix is good with him. I don't know that you're a four guy, right? But I don't know, like, I don't know that you're looking at a one-year deal for some of the guys you've brought in and going, oh, you know what, Keith Yandel, I'm keeping you around beyond this year. I don't know that that's happening per se. Because yeah. blo- now and you're starting you, to block young players.
0: Well, right. And if you are, it's not going to be more than probably one more year.
1: Right. And, I mean, you could play that game with them for as long as you want to. But Keith Yandel, Nate Thompson, these are the guys who you're sitting there going, we can replace them with younger players next season. N- you could replace or Nate mid-season. Thompson tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I hear you. You know what I'm saying. He's gonna be. I, I said it last week, I think, too, or two weeks ago. He's gonna be the fourth line center at the start. I know of the he year. is. Whether you like it or not, he's going to be yep. the fourth line center to start, and, and that's that's on. But the you young know what?
0: Player. Here's how I'm looking at it. If the biggest hole in your entire lineup is fourth line center, you're not in bad shape.
1: Well, all right, we're we're jumping all over the place. <laughs> no, so I know. I, no, so here's what here. I want to stay on Couturier for now because let, let's put it this way. I I texted Broads right after. The deal went down and I, well, let's put this way. I, I use an adjective with it that I'm not going to use on our show, but I, and it, no, it's not the, it's not the worst one. I, I will say that it was, it's, it's fine. just, I'm still not going to use it. Um, But I said, he's a magician because I don't know how you sign. If you're Chuck Fletcher, I don't know how you signed Sean Couturier, your top line center, your top line center for the last four years at this point, since, yep. since you showed up Chuck Fletcher, you know, since you were brought in. He's been the guy at the top. There's no question about that. Your best uh, forward. Your, yep. your best forward. One of the best two way guys in the league. A selkie winner two years ago, or two seasons ago. He, he, he's the he, guy. He won if, the. I mean, it, it, it's funny. I have to say it that way. He won the award less than a year ago. Technically, right.
0: you know. He's <laughs> the guy that if the Flyers turn into a big dominant team, he's your heart trophy candidate more than likely. Probably he's your centerpiece.
1: I'm trying to remember exactly, and I have a lot of what Fletcher said in his press conference written down, because um, he kept he, he mentioned three times about how he's an elite player, all that stuff like that. He called him their best hockey player right now, all that type of stuff, right all that stuff. I, I, see, I classify maybe not that he's their best player, it's just he's their best skater. Okay like, you, you need I, I think you want your best player to be your goalie, That's more valid. than likely, but he's your best skater. And I just know what everybody – like, we've had these discussions outside of recording the show when somebody signs, and we have the same conversation every single time. Look at what that guy made. Look at – how is – he's not worth that. Oh, wow, that's not a bad contract. Like, we have those conversations all the time, and it goes one way or the other. There's really never any middle ground here. Right. And I saw that number – and honestly – let's kind of and i think i tipped you guys off to it in the group chat too because the flyers tweeted out this little clip of couturier smiling right and everybody extension who, right everybody kind of knew where it was going and then the announcement came out and when the announcement comes out from the team specifically and it was kind of funny because when when the team tweets something like that out even if they didn't like first of all, they waited like ten minutes to then put the next step
0: out, which is here's the contract. Right. They they had the deal signed at that point. But the funny, they were just but the funny part
1: it. but the funny part is is that usually even when that type of stuff happens, the team's giving a hint and then here will come Elliot Friedman or somebody like that who goes, got the numbers. It's an eight year or whatever right, or seven year or
0: whatever. Yeah, it's the and we would have no numbers,
1: But nobody had the numbers until the team actually tweeted it out. There was no prior report the team put it out there and that was the number so, so Chuck i'm running a, a tight ship yeah i guess so but so i'm waiting for it to come out or or I the start.
0: mole wasn't in that meeting just by happenstance he had well, the day I mean, off
1: no you know what else it is too it's timing because it's the end of august all of these people who do this on a regular basis especially just after
0: wrapping up their vacations
1: or, or are on their vacations yep. right now with we've got three weeks maybe until training camp then it's time to come back but everybody else is sitting there on vacation you know they're trying to do all of that type of stuff or whatever toes in the water yeah. ass
0: in the sand etc etc
1: <laughs> no that's a no that's a nod to my the rest of my weekend <laughs> that's pretty uh, good but either um, way sean sean so the, the number yeah. comes up so the tweet comes up and you see the graphic and the sad part is is that the graphic when they tweet it is part of the story it says eight-year extension. I go, there's nothing really shocking about that. It, I, I said – I guessed seven, eight, wh- whatever. It's not that big of a difference in terms of like, okay, it's one more year a term. Not that shocking. The number on the tweet, like when you look at the graphic, is so small you then have to click on gotta it open to it get up, the right. number because because that's all that mattered. Because that's it's good marketing. How much – Get the clicks. Like, I hear you, but at the same <laughs> time you go, how much is it? You know, not not that by the way, people like me by the way, as soon as we go and look at it, aren't going to spoil it for everybody else right. and go, "Oh, the
0: number is this." Well, and nobody I
1: can't believe it, it was less than $8 million.
0: I don't think anybody expected man, I don't know. If you had asked me 2 weeks ago, cuz I didn't necessarily know that they were working on an extension. I'm not surprised by it, but I didn't know for sure. If you had asked me 2 weeks ago, "Hey, what does an 8-year Sean Couturier extension look like?" I would have told you that he's probably asking for 9. The team's probably looking at seven. They meet in the middle, eight, maybe player wins, and we get eight and a quarter. So the, I fact, eight, that it's, the fact that it's half a million dollars less than that is absurd.
1: I honestly think that you are looking at at least seven hundred fifty thousand dollars less than I expected, maybe close to a million. Okay, you know, or 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 above. Like I, I said, eight. Get ready for eight and a half, nine. Wow. Because because I'm thinking about it, like. And it's funny like there's a lot of people who look at who are going to look at where he ranks now in terms of money made. Guess what? Once next season's over, he's not going to be close to the top. No. By a long shot. I mean, there's guys who are on expiring contracts who
0: are going to make know, bank.
1: Well, Barkov's the first one that came to mind because he's up and he's going to make a ton of money. I mean, you've got all these other people who are going to. And and, and look, are, is Barkov probably a flashier player than Couturier is from an offensive standpoint? Sure, he is. Fair, but so does that mean that that helps him earn an extra million dollars a year? Maybe it does. I don't know.
0: But well, this is a great comparable for the Florida Panthers. Honestly,
1: well, that no, that that's the baseline at this point. I mean, quite honestly, there are players out there that are going to just use contracts from. Well, they over might a be able to ago. pull
0: Barkov under eleven, is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure, maybe that helps. I don't know. I mean, I mean, look, it is what it is. The bottom line is, is that I just don't know how he pulled that off.
0: Because... No, it's a great deal, and I think I don't know if I could be happier. I mean, if it's a six-year deal, I'm probably happier because let's face it, there are concerns about the back end, but. You With can't the, be concerned
1: about, if you're, if you're saying six well, would have made you comfortable, then eight's not a big deal. No, then I'm
0: not, right, and that's what I'm saying. That I'm supremely not worried about it, especially because, like we talked about a little bit in that group chat, Sean Couturier doesn't rely on his athleticism. He doesn't rely on his reflexes or his speed to be an effective player. He relies on his intelligence, his right. awareness, his uh, hockey IQ, and those things don't, diminish as much when you age and and the skating is always the first to go and that's why guys fall off a cliff basically is because they stop being able to skate at an nhl level right and that's not going to be a problem for sean couturier because he's never relied
1: on that and let's let's be real i don't want to call him a late bloomer per se because offensively he he was offensively he was exactly like nobody would have classified him as a top two-way player in the game in the early parts of his career, because Not he really wasn't...
0: until about 2016,
1: right, and it took a while. But now you're getting to a point
0: where you know what to expect, you know, like. And by the way, what you expect is 30 goals. Pretty close to it, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, he's paced out for 30 every year since essentially 2016.
1: <laughs> well, and look, one of the things too, at least about Couturier's game, is that you've got a guy who. I think anyway, like Claude Giroux, like I'm trying to pick some of the others because now like I actually have to think about who's not here anymore. You can't you know? just throw out
0: Jake Voracek anymore.
1: Like, all right. So like Claude Giroux, like James and Dyke, guys who are coming back that we kind of know what to expect. You're wondering if things change for them, too. Like power play wasn't good last year. We know this. So what if it's better? And what if it's better and Claude Drew is able to score more goals or Sean Couturier is able to score more goals as a result? Like. Sean Couturier didn't play the entire year last year because he missed some significant enough time in a yeah. 56-game season for sure and still had 18 goals. So what's the cap for him when you get to, in an 82-game season, let's just say 70 games, it's still pushing 30, and that's what he is.
0: Yep. And that's And that's,
1: and that's exciting.
0: That's the kind of player that you don't have a problem signing for eight more years. Like I really, and especially if that number comes in under eight million dollars. Well, exa-
1: that was what I was about to say. You sure, <laughs> you sure as hell don't mind if it's seven point seven five million per year.
0: Although I did, uh, I did mention it. Uh, mm-hmm. The Andre Svechnikov contract—he signed essentially the same deal the morning of the Couturier deal—and right, man, that's a good contract. Like we we talk about Couturiers being a really good contract, and but man, that Svechnikov deal—that's a good contract right there.
1: Okay, so here's what it is. It's a good contract because by the end of it, you're gonna be—he's gonna be underpaid, just like Couturier is now.
0: I think he's all—he's borderline already underpaid. He's a forty goal scorer. I know. I well,
1: I want look. I want to see if anything changes with Carolina this year because they have had some things change with their lineup. They
0: may or may not have you, Sperrycock, can he That would help. No, uh, well. <sighs>
1: I don't know if it's going to help as much as you think it's going to help. I I get really? what I know. I get why it's a big deal. And then don't get me wrong. Look, if this is a former third overall pick. I get it, but I think that they. I, I wonder if they didn't take a bit of a small. And I say I say small, like like almost minuscule, but a small step backwards. Like they're th- there's no, no doubt my, There's no doubt in my mind. They're a playoff team, but I am curious. Man, I about, don't know. The
0: Metro is tough. They're back in the Metro.
1: Yeah, but they have enough talent. Who's in uh, and there's a It's Anderson and um who's the other one? You gotta Freddie you Anderson. have
0: to hope that Freddie Anderson is is the Freddie what? Anderson. Freddie, of a Freddie Anderson of
1: years and Antti Ranta, I think are the two goalies oh, there. did they get anti Ranta,
0: okay, never yeah. mind. They're their nets more they secure have, than I thought it was. Okay.
1: Well and here's the thing if they change the way that Anderson plays, where now he's not the, the number guy. one guy. Right. And you split those two down the middle. The, the only is thing is a great you,
0: tandem guy already. We the know only, that.
1: The, oh, right, he's a great tandem guy. The only thing you need to rely on is that they stay healthy because, and
0: because neither one of them can hold the load over a long period of time.
1: The thing that doesn't listen. The thing that doesn't make sense about their goaltending is the fact that they had an up and coming goaltender who's going to make a ton Who of money. Only noise wanted three and a half million
0: dollars. Right. right. And you, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you, I know. You didn't sign Alex Nedelkovic, so you could troll the Montreal Canadiens? That's what you did?
1: There's a lot. Look, they've done a lot of things that people have scratched their head about, you know?
0: <sighs> All right. Well, something I'm not scratching my head about. We've, we've oh, talked about it for a couple of weeks. Uh, the Travis Sanheim, uh extension is in. It's a two-year deal, 4.675 per year. <sighs> so, Kevin, I think that's a little... <sighs> Is that a little rich given what Travis Anaheim did this past year? All right. Given what just he did. Touch. This pa- okay. Well, here's all right. Here's the thing.
1: Anything is going to be rich for anybody who's basing it off of last, <sighs> last year. Season. Cause last year you was just I mean?
0: ranted top to bottom.
1: Right. He's not near as bad of a defenseman as, as people think he is for the, what have you done for me lately crowd, you know, valid, like, like quite frankly, he might have been one of, look, bar not set high, obviously. He might have been one of their better defensemen in the last half of the year, last year. Because, okay. And, and, I, and I'm saying, like I said, bar not set high because at that not given at moment, you got to think about what April was for them. And if, if Sandheim's playing better than most, you're pretty much only holding it up to Provorov at that point. Like, right. my Myers was not looking good. Myers couldn't even stay in the lineup. He was getting, he was in and out, scratched, not scratched. spare was doing the same thing. Hagen Braun are Hagen Braun. Like, you know what yep. I mean? Like the, about like let's do this way. Cam York got three games at the end of the year and probably looked better than others in those games. And it was the first three games of his NHL career
0: coming right? off an of, uh, an NCAA like, tournament run. Like
1: <laughs> all right, so let me. I need to preface this whole thing with a little bit of story time for a second because on the last show and I went back and I listened earlier in the week because you told you said something. That was – it just happened – it almost worked out exactly as you predicted. Okay. Because, because you turned around and, and said – because I, I, I assured everybody, and this ended up absolutely a 1,000% being the case, that this was not going to reach arbitration. Fair enough. Arbitration was literally going to be this past Thursday. Right. It didn't even come close to this past Thursday. No. this feels has been surprising. dry for a week. To be, to be honest, my guess was Monday or Tuesday when – as we, well, we've already gotten to one of the moves the Flyers made on the, one of those days. I, actually, the Couturier contract, I think, was Wednesday, but beside the point. And they made another move earlier, like, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. So I get it. At that point in time, this, this order of business is over. So yeah, you can focus on that other. Chuck Fletcher came thing. back from
0: vacation and was handling a, a little business before the, the, off, the rest think of the
1: offseason. To be honest. No, so I wrote it down because you told me. I, I came on here and I said, ah, listen, I'm going to be away for like three days. Friday night, most of Saturday, most of Sunday. And now Friday night, we were in the same spot. Yes, we were. And nothing happened. It was nice.
0: You out CM for a Punk little. came back, but nothing else happened. That's fine. We don't have to talk about progress. Okay,
1: I, okay. Okay. I meant flyer related. <laughs> I, I meant that. I know. I meant Chuck Fletcher decided not to do anything on that particular night. So. Enjoy yourself. Get out for a little while. It's good, right? And you told me, I swear this, this is exactly what you said on the last show, that you said Saturday, one oh five p.m., that's when the press conference will be. I got lucky with the press conference. The press conference wasn't until Monday, but the signing happened at about 4.30 on Saturday. That's pretty funny. As I'm not kidding to you, okay? Close enough, because like I said, this happened at like 4.30, 4.45 on Saturday, It wasn't the most – you called it – you said it was going to be at the most inconvenient time. That's what you said about it. That's how that works. Okay. It wasn't quite the most inconvenient time because – listen, it was the most inconvenient time because at the moment I was standing on a beach at a music festival, and it was raining, no less. So – at the top. So, so you got that part, but it was it, it wasn't the most inconvenient time because that was before I didn't have much cell reception for the rest of the night. Well, that's why so I was it. So I was able to at least send a tweet that said, oh, this is done now. And then and but like like hell, I was getting a story up that weekend. Like I ended up writing about it on Monday, like, you know, like the person who, who comes back from vacation, you know, or whatever. Yeah, it was fine, but it was fine in all seriousness. So now let's get back to the money of it because you're asking if it's high. I think I told you last week, and I'm not sure if I had done it in the group chat before, like at the beginning of all of this and at, like the off season and all that stuff. But I had kind of tried to, as things went along and I've been asked about it a lot. What was the contract situation going to look, the money situation? I should say, not necessarily the contracts, but the money situation for Carter Hart and Travis Sanheim going to look like, because it felt like that was going to be the basis of the rest of what they decided to do in the off season. I mean, granted, they did ninety percent of the rest of the work before those two deals were made. Right, which makes a lot of sense, but that required literally playing with essentially eight and a half million dollars of cap space and trying to push it to the side and say, "I have to hold this for these two players." So I'm working with instead of because what's the number? I think the number is like eighty-two million or something like that, right? Uh, eighty-one and a half, right? All right, so roughly 82. That's why I'm rounding up. Yeah. And so you're taking 82 million saying realistically, the cap space I'm working with is 74 million or 73 million. Right. And you're trying to build the rest of the team minus two players around 73 million dollars. Yeah, it's tough. That's It's very <laughs> tough. And this is, again, this is why when the Couturier deal came out, this is why I said Fletcher and, and used the word magician because how do you navigate that? Right. And you can have... Discussions about what people are going to make. I know that look, look, it's very highly profiled. What Rasmus Ristolainen is going to make for one year of service to your team, <laughs> at least for yep. now. I get that. And to be fair, I don't know. I don't know how to read this deal for Sanheim completely from a money standpoint. It's about what I expected, honestly.
0: If you would I don't have asked me, in a, hold from on. A personnel uh, standpoint. Sorry, go ahead. Because
1: I told you last week. Carter Hart, it was in my estimation at the beginning of the offseason, I thought he was gonna get three to three and a half million dollars. He got closer to four. Okay. I understand why in the grand scheme of things, because he started sixty percent, sixty five percent of your games in the last three years or the last two and a half years, or how like it's weird because if if these if his numbers were off of eighty two game schedules, he's starting roughly half of your games. Right. But this—that's not the case. Right. So he was—he sat out half of the year last year, for a variety of reasons. At the end, an injury. He played the last half of the first year of his career, essentially, because he came up mid-season. Right. And then there was that year in the middle that was just that flat was just out really outstanding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so there you go. So why, thats why he gets four million dollars. I honestly had Travis Sanheim at four point four million. Okay, so I'm only off by about three hundred thousand dollars, and I say that's not that big of a deal. No, that's fair. That's uh, why I'm like looking at it, and I go, "That number did not shock me that much." And if that was what you had, to do, and I it can, actually, the thing that actually thing that concerns me is the two year term, because the two year term to me does not solidify his future,
0: especially because it walks him to UFA.
1: Right now, now granted, I'd have to see what they do moving forward beyond just the two years in terms of right where else are you going to grab money from like let's say right it's going to
0: depend on if ristal lining comes back he's a big one here um Uh, (laughs) my camera was unplugged i'm working on it um sorry we'll leave it in (laughs) that's fine
1: well all right here's something else too by the way so um because now i know granted i didn't think about this at the beginning because now i just looked at it and i went oh okay The Sandheim deal is for two years, so what happens now? But also, you know, in two years, um, James and Riemsley's contract is up. And when James and Riemsley, when his contract is up, when the JVR contract is up, you get $7 million back. Right. And that's a pretty big deal, too.
0: Right. Yeah, but at that point, you're also paying Joel Farabee, you're... There are other things to be concerned about, and at that point, yeah, your, Joel, your cap gets pretty sticky.
1: Joel Faraby's not going to break your bank in the third year of his career
0: either. Man, if I'm telling you, if he comes out and scores at any sort of reasonable pace, like I'm not if saying he, scores... he gets the Svetchnikov extension, but he might be looking at five plus. No, I don't see that.
1: Three, three to four
0: again, because he's still too young. Yeah, I get
1: it. But... The, you know what they're going to do? Chuck Fletcher's going to hand him the. The Oscar Limblom, I hope this is the smallest contract you sign.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: That's what I think you're going to get. Especially if the cap doesn't move that much from this year to next year.
0: Right. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to go up very much at all. Um, and I don't think it's really expected to, right? We've, we've heard some things about maybe like a $1 million increase in two years.
1: Possibly. I think there's also there's like some. I would say there's also something to. I don't, I don't know. I think there's something to the possibility, and we have a tab for it. I'm not going to pull it up just over this, but like, the ads on the helmets brought in some revenue. They're talking about doing that on jerseys in a couple of years, and and listen, that's why it. You should accept that if right. you don't like the idea of changing it. It's not going to be so noticeable that it's the european leagues yeah it won't be but at the same like if they don't do much more beyond that and it helps them move the cap up a million dollars a year because of that revenue alone right then do it
0: and i I also really do think people are underestimating how much of a big deal espn is going to be
1: perhaps i mean
0: Like, I think the exposure it's going to bring to the sport will generate revenue. And I think within the next two or three years, you're really going to see a a lot of capital come into the game. Just kind of from being the long-term exposure on ESPN starting to kick in.
1: Right. Now, I know we're talking a little bit about... With Sandheim's deal and yeah. how it kind of equates to who's up after next year and all that stuff, and who you have to sign, like they don't have a lot of. There's been now that the Couturier extension's done; they have a lot of groundwork done for next year, even I mean, right. I know a lot of and things and are kind of locked now, in. No, it's and it's funny to say because they have literally they have eleven players under contract next season. You know, it's it it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you consider the fact that you're basically sitting there asking yourself. Who's going to make it out of this year, right? Like you have to wait and see if Martin Jones plays well, then you might bring him back. But if he doesn't, you're going to move on and you're going to try again or you're going to use one of these younger guys.
0: Right. Or one of the younger guys is finally going to come up. Right.
1: You're doing the same thing with Ristolainen. You have Braun and Yandel under contract for one more year. And let's put it this way. So that's the thing. Maybe you do bring back Keith Yandel if you like him as a power play guy. And Cam York replaces Justin Braun. Sure. Maybe you do that. I don't know. But, like, you're going to make room for those guys in some capacity. And Ristolainen's the same way. Like, if you ha- So what I'm getting at is, is that you're going to have, like, at the moment right now, they have – I'm trying to find the exact number. Where's the space? They have have like 20 mil, 20 and a half million dollars of projected cap space ahead of next season. That's with only 11 players on the active roster though. So obviously that money's going to disappear quickly, but it depends on how many of these players, like it depends on how many younger players you end up burning like that money on, so to speak, like how, how much that increase happens. Like, if you spend $2 million of 20 and a half on your backup goalie, that's a chunk, you know. Right. And same thing with whatever Ristolainen get now. But, like, I look and I go, there's not a... – based on what guys are making this year anyway, there's really only two contracts that are big money already that you know could go in a similar direction. And that's Ristolainen and Drew. That's it. I mean, there's really nobody else that they have that you sit there and you go, This should be difficult. Like uh,
0: Theoretically, Atkinson could turn a little sour with four years left, making almost six. Theoretically. Not, oh, you
1: no, know. I'm I'm not talking about the ones that are already on, on the books. I'm saying if you have twenty right. and a half million dollars, there's right, really right. only two like those two players, let's just say hypothetically they combine for like eleven to twelve million dollars. Hypothetically. Right. I don't know if that's really gonna be the number, but let's just say that's what it is. Then you still have $8 million left. Now you have seven more, at least seven more contracts to sign on $8 million. I get how that's a struggle. But at the same time, look at who you're talking about. Right. If you let go of Justin Braun at near $2 million and say, come on in, Cam York, that's only a million dollars right. and it's one player. And Wade Allison's still going to be on like one of these early deals, I believe. Or Allison might be on, he might be up after this year. I don't, yeah, he's an RFA. But Again, how much experience? If he only has one full year of experience, then how much money are they gonna demand? It's going to be kind of on the low end, like you're right. gonna do you're gonna do that with all of these guys with the exception of maybe Joel Faraby. That's really the only guy I can think of. And you might play the exact same game a year ago, like as a, as this year, with the one year nine hundred thousand dollar style contracts for a bunch of veterans if that's what you wanna do to fill out the whole deal.
0: Right. Well, well, and another way to fill out the team and maintain a little flex- flexibility. You, you mentioned signing some cheap veterans. And we uh, we also got an announcement the Flyers have added Derek Broussard on a one-year $800,000 deal. And I think the group chat pretty quickly uh, concluded. And please tell me if you disagree here. That it's a nice clean deal. A good solid bottom six center.
1: I actually think that. Uh, hold on, because I think I have the number wrong in this one, as opposed to the other one. I think it's eight twenty-five. Oh, is it eight twenty-five? Okay. Yeah, it's okay. I, we, we can make a quick adjustment to it. I think the number's wrong, but regardless, like, well, yeah. one of the things is, you don't get much lower risk than a one-year deal at eight hundred twenty-five or whatever. Like, the Keith Yandel deal is one year at nine hundred thousand, right? Like, you don't get lower risk than a year in less than a million dollars. Right just it doesn't work any other way than that like you're just looking for an insurance policy now here's something funny let's do story time while i while you get the uh, graphic up and all that stuff so on i'm going back a little bit on july 24th i'm in the middle of this is day two of the draft i think maybe post day two of the draft so it's you're coming, all, at this point in time, think about what's been done to this point. The Ryan Ellis deal has happened. The Shane Gosses to Arizona deal has happened. The bristol Linen deal has happened. You've also had the atkinson Voracek deal happen. So you've made four different moves. You've moved out pieces. You've brought in pieces. You have three new pieces currently as part of the team. And free agency the following week is looming at this point. You are, you know, what, three days, four days away from free agency at that point? So the buildup is there, and you're wondering, is there is there anything that this team could do in free agency now that they've gone out and done trade, trade, and trade to acquire three new players? What else could they do? And we, little did we know, the Keith Yandel signing was down the road— they we knew they needed a backup goalie, so Martin Jones being signed wasn't a surprise. The Nate Thompson one was a little bit of a surprise, let's be honest. Yeah. And not, then, not, a,
0: not a pleasant one.
1: <laughs> well, I, I it's not a pleasant one for people like me who have to live on Flyers Twitter, essentially, but that's beside the point. Listen,
0: that's fair. Um, i I'm, I'm one of the I would be one of those people if I was on Flyers Twitter, so I definitely understand. Right. Uh but yeah, it's There we go. All right.
1: Appreciate you. Yeah, no, no. It's okay. So so I got a tweet. I'm going to have to try to see if I can't scroll back and find it again. Because <laughs> it, it it was um basically – I start having conversations. It's funny, actually. One of the conversations I had as I was leaving for the first vacation of the month, you got to realize the vacation I'm talking about I, – I said vacation last week in the tweet when the Sandheim deal came out. It was a weekend away. It was like a long weekend. Like, it was, that was a not- little bit
0: of a staycation almost.
1: Right. To a degree. I mean, if you want to call the shore that, sure. I mean, fair. but be, but beside the point, I was legit on my way to vacation. And actually, there were people who were asking about the possibility of a Couturier extension. And I'm sitting there going, listen, I, I I'm not saying that they wouldn't look at it. He's the first guy that they are going to try to extend if they can. Right. But at the same time, I think they just want to ride the year out. And see where it goes and I wouldn't be shocked if the players wanted to do that as well, you know, like why wouldn't they but
0: right after with how bad last year was like no one would blame you say sitting here going, well, I could be a free agent next year.
1: Well, because that's the way I took the comment about Drew, like we're all just waiting to see what happens. Let's not jump to a conclusion and, and and for what it's worth. Bring back the two forwards that are always at the top of the list, at least based on who's left, that they're at the top of the list when you talk about core players who have been here for a long time. Yep. Before you bring back both of them, kind of just see if it, if this mix is any better than the one that you had
0: previously, right? Well, and if you have to, you could always pull the old Thomas Pekanich where you trade him, trade him at the trade deadline and then he just re-signs with you in the in the summer.
1: Okay. So July 24th, I get a question on Twitter, okay? This is after – so I had written a story on Chuck Fletcher's press conference then talking about how they couldn't bring back the same players, all that stuff. We talked about it before. And I get the question
0: – The press conference, yeah.
1: Right. Now I get a question that relates to kind of every like, – it kind of was a very broad spectrum of everything that was left going into free agency because it was – the question was, so assuming about $8 million for Sanheim and Hart, $3.5 remaining assuming no other moves to roster players – they need a goalie, a 3-4 center, and then they threw in defenseman, but put Moran in parentheses, which is fair. Okay, I get that. Who are the affordable candidates for backup goalie and center? This is July 24th. Okay. Now, I had sat there and said, now, granted, neither of these guys proved to be near as affordable. I mean, I think James Reimer did. I mentioned Reimer's name. I think he did. He just wanted a two-year deal, which I think, in at least by my estimation, um. I don't think they would have done it. I don't think they wanted a two-year deal. Right. That's what I'm saying. Not not
0: for your veteran goal. And then definitely
1: one who ended up not being as cheap as what I thought he could have been was Linus Allmark. I get it. Look, I would have loved for that to have been the possibility. But when you're going to get starter money for four years in Boston, you go and get starter money for four years in Boston, right? Like, let's just be real about it. But, and by the way, they're
0: going to add Tuca Rask halfway through the year for a million bucks. And it's just not fair. Probably. It's just not fair.
1: I don't want to, I don't want to assume anything with him just yet, but
0: he has said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a good cheap goalie for them.
1: I know, but I still don't want to assume anything. (laughs) He said it. I still don't want to assume anything (laughs) because I also I also think the half of a year is to see how the league decides to handle everything this year with, you know, stuff. Maybe that's fair. I mean, he he did. You got to remember he left the bubble for a good reason, but he left the bubble. And if you're reaching a point like there are guys who are retiring around the league in general. I know some of them, For some of them, it's time. Like when one of the things that happened in the last two weeks that we're kind of straying. Well, well, it, it ties into Derek Broussard because it was a teammate of Derek Broussard's at one point in time. Henrik Lundqvist retired, but was it that shocking? Not really, because Henrik Lundqvist had gone through the open heart surgery, and then you know, it, is it really at this point in time have you done? And uh, okay, aside from winning the Stanley Cup, have you done everything that you set out to do? And it's probably. Insane. And you know what's going to happen? The guy's getting his number retired next year already by the Rangers. Ah, That's
0: crazy. And he's going to be a Hall of Fame. And that's an original six team, by the way. Like, that's not – this isn't the Nashville Predators retiring a number. I know we joked about them a couple of weeks ago.
1: It was not even a conversation. It it was so
0: obvious they were going to do this, and it makes every sense in the world. You know what the worst part is? Watch the Rangers make the run this year.
1: I know. See, it's... Watch it's, it happen. But it's hard for me to, like, view that the same way as if he would have retired as a Ranger. Like, he did, but you know what I mean. Like, he's retiring after a what was supposed to be a year with Washington. Right. So I don't, to me anyway, I don't view it the same way. Like
0: I guess that's fair. I, I kind of forgot he ended up signing in Washington because he never ended up playing for them.
1: And it was, And that was a big deal. Because now, yeah. you know, in one way or another, but anyway, yeah, they so, signed the. I get asked. So I get asked to so sign a couple
0: people last summer that were weird. Did Chara, Henrik Lundqvist? It's, right. it's a weird one.
1: <laughs> so, so I get asked this question. I gave Olmark and Reimer as the two goalies, and obviously, neither of them ended up being true. Right, but whatever, that's fine. And I go so as as for the three or four C. It would probably I, I go probably an internal fill. Perhaps, and then I mentioned two names. If the, and I said if the price isn't too high, and I think the price ended up being too high on Sean Corrali because Sean Corrali went to, got a nice little deal in Columbus. And, Fair enough. You know, speaking of which, another departure from Boston, by the way. Yep. You know, Bost- Boston's lost a few players.
0: Uh, yeah. You they know. also added Taylor Hall, and their power play is disgusting. Yeah, but
1: uh, yeah, but they had Taylor Hall last year too. That's all I'm saying. Like they for were la- really for the good playoff with run oh i know but i'm just i'm just saying they've lost some pieces uh, we've but I talked also,
0: about boston kind of falling apart a little bit i know but the
1: other but the other name i mentioned in the tweet was derek brassard and i said so i was already kind of on this sort of feel for this a month before it happened that derek brassard is should have been on the radar that he's a guy who i think would fit in he very much becomes – it's really funny that we're comparing – or at least I can compare it to the Keith Yandel contract in terms of the low risk and what he's – and it, almost exactly what he's doing. It is. Which it's is, the exact same. No, it's well, the same no, deal. Which, which is not only in the same in sense that it's the same deal, but in the sense that it's the exact same protection plan for a younger player. Like yep. this is – if Keith Yandel is the – well, if Cam York's not ready, then it, this gives us plenty of options. Right. And, and And on top of it – an extra body to throw in when we need to, it, it, right? You know,
0: yeah. And this is the same, you know. Derek Broussard is there, at and Brassard is days. there
1: for is is there for Morgan Frost. Mm-hmm. You'd love to see Morgan Frost take the leap. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's right. all, you know. And if it, if it doesn't right away, or if it doesn't from the very, you know, at at all this year, then at least you have this guy here, and it's only a year, like. These are very, I called it very savvy moves by Chuck Fletcher to go out and get guys who have w- one year deals that you know you don't need to commit to for that long. Right. You know, like you can, I understand, like I can understand the frustration around one year of and when you gave up a lot in a trade and it's kind of like, well, this guy should be much more or whoever was going to be that player should be much more of a centerpiece than what a one-year, de- like one-year remaining on wrist alignment contract is, right? Right. But at the same time, you needed to grab other guys and say, this is how we can easily work around the cap for a year and still make it work that next year it doesn't change much because they're not under contract and we have the same money back. Like, you you didn't make deals that you're going to sit there and go, oh, no, they're going to be buying that one out later. Like, you you really didn't. Right frankly, I mean, you
0: didn't, who did who you did, didn't did, trade for and immediately sign to a 5-year extension Andrew McDonald.
1: Basically, I mean
0: <laughs> God, that that move. Whew. But yeah, I I really think that Chuck Fletcher has done pretty much all the right things. Um he, I think Chuck had a very 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 good summer. Uh my biggest complaint is the Ristolainen move and the, you know, it, the, the Gostaspear trade that, you know, kind of accompanied it. But that being said, I don't think that's a terrible move. So if if that's my biggest complaint, then again, I think Chuck has been pretty stellar this offseason.
1: I don't mind the Bear move because... When, looking at what it is, and I understand, maybe throwing in two picks to get rid of cap space is a little bit of a, a worry. But what? at the same time, here's and, where I'm at with that. Yeah. It's if if trading Gossespierre's contract also opened up the rest of the cap space that you didn't already have from the Ellis trade. Right. Like if, if it if it turned into, I mean, now it sounds like a lot. But if it turned into Nolan Patrick, Phil Myers, Shane Gossespierre and two picks to basically get Ryan Ellis on this team at the same amount of money. Then so be it.
0: Oh right. Well, you know but if I mean? you but if you combine it slightly differently, and it Shane Gossesbeer two picks Robert Hag and a first to get Rasmus Ristolainen, that deal looks even worse. So it kind of just year. depends well, on how for you. For a pack year, well, for a
1: year, that's the problem. Well, right,
0: and and that's I think how a lot of fans associated with it. like well fans associated with the cap space you acquired with trading Gossesbeer away so directly with the Ristolainen move because they happened in such quick succession. Right. It looks like you traded all these things to free up the cap space to get Rasmus Ristolainen.
1: Well, and here's, wh- here's why that is. Because you made the Ryan Ellis trade and didn't really have to sacrifice much anyway. You had that cap space already. That
0: was your free. Right. No. No, I know.
1: So there's. it's not nearly as big of a deal in that sense. Like, you go, okay, the Ellis deal was the Ellis deal. It was... It almost happened in another month with the way that everything happened because everything else happened so quickly together. See, in that sense, though, I don't know why we don't lump together the rest of them, though, too, because the Ristolainen deal happened on Friday, right. on a Friday, I should say. And the next day, because cause what what everybody really freaked out, and listen, if there was a year to trade away your first-round pick, it was this year. That's right. No fair. question. And I do think, kind of speaking to development camp again for a moment, that if – the pick the very first pick that you made who by the way is speaking later today Samu Tuamala if he turns out to be a first round talent that you got in the second round all things considered because nobody had any nobody idea had about scouting. anything right, right then I think that all is forgiven with the first round pick going to another team when you acquire a talent, you know.
0: So most of the time I'm not interested in those articles. It's like, oh, 2007 redraft or things like that because they're just so like hindsight is 2020 garbage. This year, I will be interested in reading a 2021 like redraft 10 years from now because there was no scouting because it was such a wonky year. I will. This is one year that I will actually read those articles for. <laughs> like yeah, I, so, I know you've seen those, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Uh, look, they're interesting sometimes. There's no question about. It. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, so anyway, that's. I, I feel like that's that's what we associate it too much with. You're right. Like I, I understand it. One, de- the gossip move was made to open caps face up, and then the, the counter move to it was Rista I
0: get that. Yeah, you and know. just as a whole. I do think, again, I think it was a very, very successful offseason. That is the weakest move to me. It is still a solid move. It well, still again, made the like, team better.
1: To, to me, I I don't care about the Gossisberg Bear move opening up cap space when I look at everybody else that was brought in. That's why I don't care about that. Much.
0: Yeah, Shane Gossisberg wouldn't have really been playing all that much this year anyway.
1: Well, exactly. And listen, the, it, so to me, the two questionable ones at least going in that where somebody's got something to prove— is Ristolainen obviously cuz we've talked about it enough but Martin Jones also like yeah look you can sit there and look at Nate Thompson and say well that's a really questionable one too but like Nate Thompson you know what his role is going to be and the only thing you have to worry about is basically if if Nate Thompson's playing 82 games this year you've got a problem that's the big that's the thing if he's playing half of the games maybe a little bit more than that that's just a let's just say I don't care if Nate Thompson plays 55 to 60 games this year. And I know it sounds like a high number, but because he's got to be the guy you bring in when blank is hurt. Like, that's, uh, I don't think that Chuck Fletcher's wrong to prepare for the possibility that because I think there's two things that he's preparing for that he didn't have before. Right. And that's one is you're preparing for injuries again and you're trying to be proactive in this because again, he's mentioned it a couple of times condensed schedule. So you're talking about a lot of games early, a lot of games late and this gap in the middle which he said he said earlier this week sounds like it's going to be on um you know on the table still like it's going to still happen at least for now. Right. And then you've got the COVID list again because that's not going away this year and what happens if you lose a player for 7 days through no fault of anyone except for the fact that he ends up on this list. Right. You know and what happens if it's, you know, not ideal, but what happens if it's again, like it was last year, what happens if it's Claude Drew or Sean Couturier or somebody of that
0: level or multiple where, players,
1: right? Where you have to move people up and you don't have a guy who has that veteran. Now you're playing the minor league team again, you know, and it's tough. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember who they even had called up for some of those games like that, but like, okay, I'll give you some then, Cause this is who, this is the type of players you had last year. It's Connor Bunneman and Carson Torinsky playing in the outdoor game because you have nobody.
0: Ugh, Connor Bunneman, dude. Ugh.
1: Now, Bunneman's got a new contract, and I actually don't mind him as much because I think he knows his role better. Torinsky was a little bit, you know. Torinsky didn't really show as much, which is why, again, you know,
0: he's in Can't Seattle wait now. wait until anyway. he wears an A for the Seattle Kraken under Dave Hakstol. <laughs> oh, man. It's only about two years away if he plays, you know, 11 poor minutes a night.
1: I hear you, but you get the you get the point. So that's what I'm saying. Those are the two to me that outside of it, like everybody else kind of has a purpose. If they're a depth player, then you're mainly bringing them in not only to say I, I've i got, you know, I need to have more depth in case a young player isn't as ready as we want them to be, but also to make sure you have pieces that you can just bring in whenever you need them in case injury, COVID list, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think anybody really had a problem with the Derek Broussard signing because it, it gives you some flexibility, it gives you some depth, it gives you some injury insurance. And what
1: and what is he again? What is Derek Broussard in the same vein as when Gandel signed? It's, hey, I played with Kevin Hayes and AV with the Rangers, you know? Like, we really are getting it, the
0: boys back together.
1: It really is a bring them together kind of thing.
0: Because that always works super, super well.
1: Well, I, I hear you, but at the same time, like, well, who knows? We'll see. But let's put this. Well, Broussard's best years came under Av. Let's just
0: put. You it either that. ride the chemistry, or the boys slack off because of the chemistry. It's one or the other.
1: Well, unless all right. So let's make something clear about that signing then, too. Because when we talked to Broussard on, uh, I think it was, the same day as the Katurie contract. So I believe it was Wednesday, and we had Couturier
0: on Thursday. At least the it. least significant media availability of the day.
1: It would maybe, but it wasn't because I'm going to tell you right now you know who orchestrated this deal? Elaine Vigneault did because Derek Broussard was contacted by AV more. Like he goes, I talked to AV a lot, and then the deal came into place. So, so we I, really are is,
0: just getting the boys back together.
1: So, I, no, no, I think this is this I, is I, Emilio as,
0: Estevez skating around with the duck call.
1: <laughs> okay, I like that but that's funny. I like that analogy. Um now in all look, in all seriousness with with this, I don't care what what how you want to look at it with that. Like it's also the end of August. Training camp is legitimately probably it, it's less than a month away because their first preseason game is less than a month away at this point. And if you're going around and looking at the free agent market that's remaining at this point and saying Here's a guy out there who I know a lot about. I know what kind of player he can be. And let's put it this way I wouldn't, I don't hate this signing for a different reason. And it's not like, oh, it's the AV chemistry or the idea of playing with Kevin Hayes and Keith Yandel again. Less than a year ago at this point, and legitimately, this guy was having success against your team in the playoffs with the Islanders. That's true. I know know he played last season with the Coyotes. He was an Islander then, though. Like, God, it feels so weird to talk about it like that. Like that literally with it, in less than a year, like guys played for one team and are moving on, right? 56-game
0: like, schedule is wild.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, starting a season and then in January. there was bubble hockey in doing.
0: August last year. I...
1: But but anyway, so this that's what I'm saying, though. This guy was scoring goals in that series and being a very effective player for the Islanders in a series that they ended up winning. So there you go, like
0: son of a bitch in that series.
1: Exactly, and so why wouldn't? And he's tough. He is a tough player to play against. I don't know. Look, I'm not going to call him the best defensive player out there in the world. I'm not saying that. He actually probably gives you a little bit more power play time than PK time in terms of that. Classic
0: bottom to middle six, grindy, gritty. He's everything. He's He's Scott Lawton. Like that's funny you say that. That might be who he's playing with. I would love that line. That line.
1: Starred Lawton and Wade Allison. Who said? And no?
0: do you want to go up against that line? Do you want to play 14 minutes a night against that line?
1: I sure don't. I hear you. Um, Not nah, in all seriousness, though, like that's why I like it because you need. This is what you needed in the event that Morgan. Uh, like cause we talked, I've seen Morgan Frost name pop up many times. On Twitter during this whole thing, and it's usually these internal discussions that people are having. Going, man, I hope he pans out, but I just don't know, and all like you know what I mean. Like, and and everybody should feel that way. You just don't know. The guy has what four games of experience or something like that in the last right. couple of years or whatever. He had four games of experience last year, is but what he it scored was. Two goals, like
0: Kevin. So it's it's very no, important. No, no I'm,
1: I think I think last like I'm I think I think it's last season as oh, a whole okay. that he played four games total. I think two in them. I they didn't even oh, have right, a minor league right, right. season. Okay. Actually. Yeah, actually, they didn't even have a minor league season yet, so that's not even it. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. the guy, he barely played last year, so you're going off of that. Like, that's all you have left to go off of with him, and you hope it. You, you hope it pans out for him, but you need to be better prepared for that. You need to be better prepared for all possibilities, and this is another example of it. And I think he fills the third center role naturally, quite honestly, and I think that that's a big deal for them
0: so i have a question for you and we, we didn't prepare a graphic for it and i'm gonna kind of take it off the i'm gonna catch you by surprise here oh here we go if you're chuck fletcher if you're yeah. the flyers gm okay you can address one issue future assets whatever notwithstanding, blah 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 you can address one roster issue mm-hmm. what are you doing it doesn't have what? to be a specific move, but are you are you upgrading your fourth line center? Are you trading? To, are
1: we are we talking during the season? You're no, saying no, right now. Oh, right now, yeah.
0: If you're making, I don't think there's going to be any more moves. I think the team is just about done. But if if you're okay. attempting to win a championship this year, if you're you know if you think this is the team, whatever it is, what is one thing you think this team needs that you would address if you were Chuck Fletcher today? <laughs>
1: With the cap space that they have,
0: uh, let's pretend it's kind of flexible. You're not getting, you know, a ten million dollar player, but let's pretend oh, right. so there's that's... some flex involved here.
1: Well, because this is okay. So this is what I'm trying to say. I'm going to dodge your question. This oh, okay.
0: Ideas.
1: Well, sort of. Because all right, if you wanted me to change something, I'd like a more sol, like more solidified backup goalie option. Maybe is what I would change. Okay. Because. Because if I could take what money they have left and the $2 million that Jones is making and have a better option than that, then so be it. But again, I think what that came down to was finding somebody whose mind wasn't already made up about where he wanted to go.
0: Man, mean, anti-Ranta who... would have been fun.
1: But anti-Ranta, I think, took multiple years. And I that's know. the difference. I think I think they wanted one year, wait and see how it goes and move on if it doesn't work out, kind of moves. And
0: like, hope Carrillo's Domenico's ready at some point. <laughs>
1: Or Felix Sandstrom or, uh, Sam, yeah. or Sam Erson or whatever. Insert like
0: rookie goalie here.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and I don't even think it's that because I think you can come back to this next year and do the exact same thing over again and say, can I find a guy on a cheap deal? You know what else doesn't play into it or doesn't go against you at least? I mentioned the $20.5 million in cap space they already have, like that they have available for next year for a number of contracts, but there's guys leaving, right? Right. You know what you don't have to factor in? or what you can factor in immediately, I should say, what Carter Hart's making. You couldn't do that at free agency this year. You had to wait it out. and That's you, true. And I think you had to take as as cost-affordable of a method as you could without committing too much. Right.
0: And, and I that's think what they, they did, did that.
1: Because what was your other option? Braden Holpe on the same contract, who also didn't want to move east anyway, so he was you out of the picture. Them. Right, Yaroslav Halak who I think had his mind made up on Vancouver long before this ever came to be. So what else did you have to choose from? Everybody else wanted 2 years or got more money than you could probably afford and that's what it came down to. Yep. Like I like that's the that's the hard part for me when you sit there and say what would you change? Like everything ends up fitting in a certain way where you go they they really calculated what they had to do. Yeah. You know. And on top of that I mean, look, if 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 I was if you, if money wasn't the object and you're going, well, what's the one other thing that you wish they would add? Well, then sure, like everybody else, probably a goal scorer. But as I've said many times before, that's the final piece of the puzzle that you bring in when you have everything else. And there's no guarantees that next year they're going to have everything else. Right. Because next year you're going to have to still replace certain pieces. Now, if you can find a way – to do that, and I mean, listen. Maybe when, maybe the, when's go time? Maybe go time is in two years. When again, if you can sign everybody reasonably, to who, who's has expiring contracts and whatnot, and all that type of stuff. If you can find a way to use James Van Riemsdyk's seven million dollar cap hit that's no longer going to be on the books, and go out there and look at a top free agent instead. Maybe that's the time to go for it. They're certainly kind of going for it now with the group that they've assembled. But it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out because now you're looking at a one-year trial period with a lot of these guys, and that's, you know, the, nothing says it's all on the line quite like that with, you know, nine at least nine, actually, if, if the roster is 22 players and half of your roster is on expiring contracts and your coaching staff needs to make sure these guys are ready to go because of all the changes that have been made, like now you hope you have the right mix this time, and your general manager... Your general manager probably is safe, safer than the rest because of the fact that at the very least he went out and did his job this offseason. That's why he's a little safer.
0: Yeah. So your coach,
1: but you've handed your coaching staff a roster that you think can compete and you've got new players and a lot of them who are not solidified beyond this year that you've got to start to factor that in. And I'm sure that in two weeks we will talk much more about that type of stuff because of the fact that now we can actually we, – we, we, you know we were supposed to do today? We were supposed to talk about Travis Sanheim's contract and then start to look ahead to what the season could be. And we only had like five minutes to do that this time because of all of the other stuff that happened. The Derek Brassard deal and the Couturier extension and all that stuff like that. Yeah, um,
0: things so got very busy in a hurry.
1: Yeah, before we get out of here, do we want to touch on this one uh, tab
0: below too? Yeah, before that was we a- before we get on to that, I did have something to say. Um, okay, sure. Yeah, I think Chuck Fletcher has uh, set it up to where – you're right. I think it's kind of all out on the line here. It will be very, very easy next summer for Chuck Fletcher to nuke everybody. <laughs> like, if if this year turns sour again, AV's gone, coaching staff gone, 11, you know, again, entire roster turnover with your UFAs and your et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not completely, but I think there's I, a lot. A significant enough change that I'm willing to call it nuke everything. And, uh, Chuck, that's it. Chuck Fletcher said, all right, boys, I have done my job. I've well, given you some players. You go, you said
1: you called it the press conference earlier, which was the one where he said all this stuff right after the draft. Basically yeah, the
0: prophecy press conference.
1: <laughs> well, you know what, though? I'll tell you what the press conference he had earlier this week, where literally like, he, he said he, he goes, I can't live through another year. Like last year, I lost. Law- it took years off my life. Well, good first, for like, you. you. I can't either. Right. But it's isn't it nice to hear a guy sit there and say like that? that it, it, I just can't do that anymore. A guy so who I cares had and, and will tell
0: it. you he cares. Bobby Clark and, and, cared, but he'd never tell you he cared. Paul Holmgren cared, but he would never tell you he cared. Ron Hextall would never tell you he cared, and honestly, he might not have. He might have been a robot. But Chuck <laughs> Fletcher cares and will tell you he cares.
1: And and look, in all fairness, like I, I thought, one of the biggest things that was said about that Couturier extension. I know we're kind of going backwards, but you know to sit there and say. If Sean leaves, then the direction of the franchise changes. Like The importance of, I didn't even want this guy to be a free agent because if he even thinks about leaving, we're in trouble as a franchise. That tells you everything you need to know about Chuck Fletcher's mindset moving forward and and what he's trying to do with some of these current pieces and and how he's trying to build around it. So you you just establish who you're building
0: most of the team around with
1: that then. like You you just said it right there.
0: Yeah, and he made it. He made it clear what's to be expected, and like you said earlier, I, two weeks from now we're going to talk all about this upcoming season, and I for one am supremely excited. Uh, now, uh, now, now, watch him go out and do something else for no apparent reason, and and and
1: somehow do it with nothing available to him because he can. Tomorrow you know, like...
0: morning, with two weeks until our next show. All right, and on that note, we're going to get out of here, and we're going to get out of here on a little bit of a sad story. Before we flip that over, I'm going to give our outro, because I would like to go out on kind of a moment of silence here. Uh, So our outro here, uh, it's a little off kilter, and it's not as clean as it normally is, but uh, follow the show on Twitter, at YWT Podcast. Make sure to follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Derso, and we're at Sports Talk Philly, too. Uh, You can find the show everywhere, sportstalkphilly.com, iTunes, YouTube, etc., um that's that's gonna be it for this week is there anything else you had to say before we kind of touch on this last topic here nope let's just go into it sounds good <sighs> this one's never easy um the the, okay. bro- the brother of kevin hayes former nhl player jimmy hayes if you wouldn't mind flipping that banner over for me uh passed away the other night at the age of 31
1: yeah it was uh, about a, about a week ago now it, it was funny because or not not funny but like the irony of the situation is is that it happened, and then brassard signed, like I think, the day after with the Flyers, which is like kind of an almost a nice thing for Kevin Hayes. That another buddy of his gets to come in and be part of this situation, like with the season next year, and he's got. Hopefully, it helps him. Yeah. A lot of people said that it's going to be a really good thing for Kevin Hayes that he's got somebody like Keith Yandel this year in that room.
0: It's going to be fantastic.
1: Knowing, for him, knowing, yeah. right, knowing all of this and things like, because his look, he put, he posted on Instagram about it. It was incredibly touching. A and, and, post. And, and, and I got to tell you. Knowing him and knowing the way he is in that room, that very much is the truth because a lot of the things he does, whether he goes on to something and makes an appearance and talks about it or whatever, they always talked about each other kind of like they were almost one person. Like that's how they would talk about The Hayes
0: brothers, yeah.
1: They really were the Hayes brothers and it was just – it was very shocking. I actually, for a little while, I didn't tweet about it because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't some crazy report, you know, like – you almost don't believe that stuff and then it more and more kind of built up and you go oh my goodness this is really night, true and it after was... his
0: kid's second birthday right, party like... it's 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 the saddest thing and there's just right. there are no words we just want to uh extend our deepest deepest condolences to kevin the hayes family his everybody yeah and and Like I said before, we're going to go out, uh, no music, just on a little bit of a moment of silence here in, in memory of Jimmy Hayes.